Welcome back to Sunday Morning Bible Study as we're going to be continuing today our look at the book of Joshua. And today we'll pick up in chapter 3. You may remember the spies have gone into the land and come back and given their report. And now the people of God are here at the Jordan River ready to cross over. But it is flood stage. And at this point in the season, the Jordan River is very, very wide. It is impassable. But God is going to show up in this story, in these next few chapters, and give God's people a very clear indication that God is with them. And in this miraculous moment in time, God is going to remind the people that just as God was with them in Egypt, as He brought them out of slavery, helped them cross through the sea, as God has been with them day by day as they roam around through the wilderness, that now as they go across the river to take hold of God's promise that God is with them, that God goes with them. And even more, that God is particularly with this man, Joshua, who has been called of God to lead God's people into the promised land. And so if you have your copy of Scripture, I invite you to turn with me to Joshua chapter 3. And this is what we read there. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. And after three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the Ark. Do not go near it. Now, the Ark of the Covenant is going to be paraded through the camp, and they're instructed not to get close to it, to stay far away. And at first, you might think this is because of the holiness of the Ark. Remember, if you touch it, you drop dead. But this isn't just about protecting people from the holiness of the Ark. It also is giving them the perspective, the distance, as this miracle is about to unfold, that they can see what God is up to, that they can come to learn the lesson that God is with them. The Ark of the Covenant represents God's very presence in their camp and that God is going before them, preparing the way as they go into the Promised Land. Let's continue. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And Joshua told the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant, pass on a hand of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. And Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you. He'll drive out all the people in front of you. See, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and it will stand up in a heap. 
So the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarephathon. While the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off, so that the people crossed over opposite Jericho, the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood in the middle of the Jordan on dry ground, while all Israel passed until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Now, this story is packed with this beautiful imagery of God with God's people. And you probably see all sorts of echoes of the way that God was with them as they left Egypt and crossed into the wilderness. As God was with them in the beginning, now God is with them now. As God was with Moses, now God is with Joshua. And so the Ark of the Covenant goes into the Jordan River and it stops flowing. The water downstream keeps flowing into the Dead Sea and the water upstream is stopped. Now you may be thinking, wow, this is quite the miracle, and it is. And how exactly God made it happen, we don't know. There have been recorded times in history where there's been mudslides that have stopped the Jordan River from flowing for a while, and perhaps that's the method God used in this case. But what is most important is that God was with God's people, that He made a way where there was no way. That God had promised God's people that on the other side of the river was the promised land, their inheritance. And so God made a way for them to walk into it. And here these priests go a great distance in front of the people. So the people get the perspective of this happening. And as soon as their feet hit the river, the river stops flowing and there's dry ground there. This is a miracle. A miracle which points out to God's people God is with them, that points out to God's people that just as God was with their leader Moses, now God is with their leader Joshua. And the people walk across on dry land. But Joshua is able to tell the people in this next chapter that they need to remember this moment. Look with me at chapter 4. Here is what it says. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at a place where you will stay tonight. And so Joshua called them together and sends them out to do just this. And then in verse 8, so the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took the twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan according to the number of tribes of the Israelites as the Lord had told Joshua, and they carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down. So these twelve stones, these river stones that were at the bottom of the Jordan River, God tells Joshua, get some person, some man from each of the twelve tribes, have them pick up a river stone and we're going to make a memorial garden. We're going to take stones from the bottom of the river so that forever you can mark this spot in history. You can say that God was with us. And the evidence that God was with us for the generations that will come are these 12 stones that used to be at the bottom of the river, but we walked by on dry ground. Now, this beautiful picture of this memorial stone, of this collection of 12 river rocks, is a reminder that when God does something entirely miraculous, entirely outside of ordinary happenings, that we should take note of it. 
And so they do. But I want us to remember that these big, huge moments of salvation history, as important as they are, in some ways are no more amazing than the day-in and day-out life that you and I live. The people of God had this huge moment when they crossed through the sea. They had this huge moment when they crossed through the river. But in between, remember the miracle that God was with them every day and the, the pillar at nighttime and in the daytime, and that God every morning made manna appear for them to eat that God gave them the daily grace that they needed to survive. And so too for us. So if you have one of these big moments, these mountaintop milestone moments, these moments where God clearly and thoroughly breaks in, lift up an Ebenezer, a memorial stone, mark it in your life, tell other people about it so they can be encouraged by it, so you can know God is with you, not just in the big, huge moments, but in day by day by day. I'm reminded of the story of Mother Teresa, who you likely know as this great hero of the faith who served among the least of these for a long, long time in India. And she has this story early in her journey where she's on a train and she very clearly hears the voice of God calling her to serve among the least of these. And she went and did it. But after she died, her journals came out and this stunning truth was revealed. But after that moment where she clearly heard God's voice on the train, for the rest of her life, she said it was as if she was in darkness. She didn't hear from God a single time again. She just day after day faithfully did what God called her to do. And we have to recognize that when these big moments happen, when there's crossing the Jordan moments in our life, we should say thanks be to God. But equally, in every single day, God is at work and calls us to be at work. So after God's people make it through the Jordan on dry ground, they get to the other side and they raise up these 12 memorial stones. But there's also a couple of other things they do to mark this moment and to acknowledge what God has revealed to them, that God is with them as they go into the promised land and that God has anointed Joshua to be their leader. If you look later on in chapter 4, we get to the circumcision. They've made it through the river. The river is flowing again. It's behind them, and now they're in the promised land. They've taken this big step, but there's still all those people in front of them to be conquered. And God reminds them through Joshua that they are supposed to circumcise the men among them, that every Israelite man is supposed to be circumcised. And so they have this mass circumcision event. Now, why exactly it is that those who came out of Egypt were circumcised and then for 40 years they didn't circumcise anyone, we're not really sure. But all the men of Israel, after they've crossed through on dry ground as their forefathers did coming out of Egypt, they have this moment to mark and remember. They have this moment to mark their bodies, literally, that God is with them and they are set apart. And then after the time of healing from their circumcisions, then it just happens by God's providence to be the time of Passover. When they remember God's beginning of this journey, when God was with them to free them from slavery. And now, in a way, as it closes this chapter, Passover comes again. They celebrate Passover in the new land. They've crossed over the Jordan to the promise God's given them, and they celebrate the Passover. And there's this beautiful picture of what happens. Look with me at chapter 5, verse 10. On the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. 
The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna stopped after they ate this food from the land, for there was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but that year they ate the produce of Canaan. You see, God, here the promise is fulfilled. They've made it through the wilderness. They've walked across the river on dry ground. They've committed themselves to God. They've affirmed their identity as God's people. They celebrate the Passover to remember this amazing moment in salvation history when, when God passed over the firstborns of Israel and spared them so that they might pass out of Egypt. And then this daily miracle of the manna ends. And we might be thinking, oh, how tragic that this way that God provided for them in the wilderness has come to an end. But the manna was a foretaste of what the promised land would be. This land flowing with milk and honey where every need would be met for them by the produce of the land that God would be with them and provide. And just as God provided every day as they would go out and gather their manna, so now God has provided by providing them this land. That they've been called to go into the land and take hold of it. And so for us, whether we have any of these big, giant moments where we should raise up 12 stones or not, we can trust that God is providing for us day after day after day. As Jesus taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. And so God, as He provided in the wilderness, now provides for them in the promised land. But here we are, chapter 3 of Joshua, there's a long way to go. And they've had this amazing moment where God has miraculously provided a way where there was no way, where the promise of God has come to be fulfilled. They are in the promised land. But even here, right here at the end of chapter 5, we're reminded there's a long way to go. Remember the report of the spies way back when that it's a land filled with these big, intimidating people. They're well prepared for battle. They have fortified cities. And now the river has closed behind them. They've crossed over into this land to take hold of the promise of it. They've begun to eat what it provides. But even still, there is a challenge in front of them. Even still, they have the fortified city of Jericho right in front of them. And this moment happens where in verse 13, it says this, Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Here they are, almost to Jericho, almost to their first big battle as they take hold of the promise that God's given them. And this messenger of the Lord shows up and says to Joshua the same thing that God said to Moses at the burning bush. You're standing on holy ground. Get ready for God to do something amazing. And so in the chapters that are to come, the rest of the Joshua story, we're going to see God's people begin to grab hold of this promise that they've been given. That as they go into this intimidating place to face these impossible odds, 
that just as God was with them to free them from slavery, as God was with them to take them through the sea, as God was with them every day providing the manna they needed in the wilderness, as God was with them as they crossed through the Jordan on dry ground, as they raised up their remembrance stones, as they were beginning to take the bountiful harvest of Canaan, that as they face these impossible odds in the days ahead, that God is with them. And Joshua is reminded that God is with him. And this, brothers and sisters, is a reminder for us that God is with us too. And so if you have these big crossing the Jordan moments in your mind, in your history, raise up your remembrance stones. Remember those times that God has broken into your life in miraculous ways. Perhaps it was first when you encountered the grace of God in Christ Jesus. And as you go into the unknown future, as you face unimaginable future possibilities, as you look at what could happen as you go towards the future God has for you, grab hold of this promise. God is with you. God is with you. And if God is with you, wherever you stand is holy ground. So, Joshua, God's people. They were not yet in the promised land, and now God has made a way. They've remembered and celebrated lifting up the memorial stones. They've remembered and celebrated by committing themselves to God through this idea of circumcision. They've remembered and celebrated the Passover as they look back to the way God was with their ancestors, and now God is with them. And now they remember God is with them as they set their eyes toward the future to do that impossible thing God has called them to do. So may we remember all the ways God has been with God's people, all the ways God has been with our ancestors, all the ways God has been with us, and trust as we go into the future that God is with us still and will empower us to do immeasurably more than we could imagine for the sake of God's kingdom until His kingdom comes and His will is done, even here on earth as it already is in heaven. God was with God's people. God was with Joshua. And God is with us. Thanks be to God.